In the summer of 2009, I moved to Austin, Texas to work as a hospital chaplaincy intern. I entered a summer intern program as one of 14 students to the clergy and the only Jewish intern. In that 400-hour program, I learned to accompany patients and their families at times of crisis. I served in the emergency department of a Trauma One Center, a unit of adults headed into surgery or recovering from surgery. Uh, I served the neonatal uh, intensive care unit, the NICU, and I took regular shifts at the children's hospital in a variety of their units. I worked with homeless men, with teens who had attempted suicide, with grandparents and anxious families in the ICU, with babies in the NICU and their parents, with Spanish-speaking immigrants, with stroke victims, and every other kind of person who might enter a hospital in Central Texas. I was surprised to learn that along with the kinds of tasks that I had anticipated, like talking with and praying with patients and their families, and charting information to help the social worker and the nurses in their charts, it was my responsibility to bring Texas medical power of attorney and advanced directives forms to patients uh, who didn't have those forms in their file. That part of my work was not easy. At first, I was very uncomfortable bringing up the discussion of appointing someone as your medical power of attorney and filling out advanced directives, especially with people on the mend. I didn't like the idea of turning their minds to a time when they would not be so lucky. But then I learned how important these decisions really are. I learned that these two documents are about making your wishes for your treatment known and ensuring someone that you trust will speak for you about your healthcare treatment if you aren't able to speak for yourself. And that whether or not you are currently seeking medical treatment, these forms are really truly important because there is a time in all of our lives when we can't speak for ourselves. This time can come simply when we are in surgery or recovering from surgery, or much more seriously when we are knocked unconscious or even comatose. Appointing someone to speak to your wishes is important, and there are many names for this person. Your healthcare proxy, your durable power of attorney for healthcare decisions, and your agent who will speak for you when you cannot speak for yourself. The advanced directive gives your proxy, your agent, detailed information about your wishes. And together, these two forms are often called a living will. Our tradition is filled with times when people fall silent and do not speak for themselves. In fact, our mother, Sarah, does not speak in the Torah after Genesis 21, verse 10. She is not present in the stories to follow, including her glaring absence in the narrative of the binding of her son, Isaac. And by chapter 23, verse 2, we are informed of her death. Sarah is alive, but silent in that part of the Torah. She is silent as we are all silent at some time in our lives. And in the Torah, 
she passes from this world in silence, leaving her family to carry out her wishes. However, our Torah portion this week is named Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. And curiously, it begins with her death and goes on to tell the stories of her burial and Abraham's life afterwards, commissioning his servant to find an appropriate wife for his son Isaac, the story of Rebekah at the well, the betrothal of Rebekah to Isaac before they ever meet, Rebekah's trip to Isaac's home, their first meeting, their love, in fact, the first love between a husband and a wife in the Torah, and the comfort that she, Rebekah, brought to Isaac after his mother's passing. The portion even includes discussion of Abraham's other descendants through his wife Keturah and through Hagar, and finally his death and burial. The Torah portion, which is named for Sarah's life, is in fact the story of her legacy, with 67 verses, or I, I looked up 64% of the Torah portion, telling the story of Isaac, her son, and his bride, Rebecca, their betrothal and their union. Sarah had an amazing legacy through her children, through her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and truly through all of us because we are the children of Abraham and of Sarah. When our mother Sarah didn't speak for herself, life went on. And when she spoke up, God sided with her, telling her husband Abraham, do whatever Sarah tells you. It's true. There is real power in deciding what we want for ourselves and setting those wishes and hopes down for our family, friends, and healthcare professionals. Our states of Kansas and Missouri have specific forms to help you legally enforce your wishes, even when your proxy or your agent will be doing that for you. I encourage you to take one home with you tonight and to take a look at what it actually says. Of course, Judaism has a lot to say about forms like these from even before a time that these forms even existed. The medieval text called the Shulchan Aruch teaches that a sick person should be encouraged to settle his affairs. My friend, Rabbi Suzanne Stone, teaches that if our tradition encourages a sick person who may be weak and vulnerable to settle his affairs, then how much the more so this mitzvah should apply when we are of sound mind and body. Because the truth is, if we don't prepare ourselves before this critical moment, how will we ever handle it when it arrives? And I agree with Rabbi Stone, and I'm delighted to tell you that there are many Jewish versions of these forms available in the world today. There are orthodox forms for advanced directives and naming a halachic healthcare proxy. The conservative movement has a set of forms, and tonight we have forms from the reform movement, from Rabbi Richard Address's book, A Time to Prepare, and they're available next to the Kansas and Missouri forms to take home with you. The orthodox advanced directive has a place to enter the name of your rabbi as your Jewish legal authority, who will help to consult on the Jewish legal concerns of your care, 
and declares your wish to be treated in accordance with strict orthodox interpretation of Jewish law and custom. The conservative form contains Jewish legal opinions from the Conservative Committee on Jewish Law and Standards so that people can consult those rabbinical opinions as they fill out the form. The reform stance is to accept self-determination. So our form does not present the opinion of rabbis, but rather it offers a grid uh, of the range of choices that you might make in any one of five different healthcare situations. It is truly reform with its big focus being on choice. And what I found working as a chaplaincy intern at the hospital was that my main responsibility with these two forms was to raise the issue of filling them out and provide a little bit of the education around them and then simply to give the forms to patients. Sometimes I served as a witness on the form and oftentimes I found that these forms raised something more of a pastoral need. At those times, the conversation would lead into a discussion of a patient's family or her support network or more spiritual questions about actually signing an advanced directive. I remember particularly sitting with one woman who had arrived in my adult unit with liver failure. She had come to the hospital alone, was admitted alone, and had spent some time speaking with the social worker in our unit. I was paged to her room over the electronic charting system to bring her the proxy and advanced directive forms. And by the time I came in, she was utterly distraught. For years, she had been fighting with her sister. Her parents had died. She had no children, no partner, and she felt completely alone. I tried to comfort her, and when she calmed down, she explained that she had no one in the world to name as her healthcare proxy. In Texas, if you do not fill out this form and name a proxy, the law would determine a proxy for her, and it would most likely fall on her sister, whom she did not trust. She was having a crisis. Clearly, these forms can bring up other medical questions, and our local Kansas City Center for Practical Bioethics is a great resource for those questions. But it's the spiritual questions that your rabbis are most equipped to discuss. While there is not a place on any of the forms sitting by the main doors to the building to enter your rabbi's name, we are here for you to help you think about these big questions. The people in your life whom you trust to be your proxy or your agent. Similar to the conversation I had with that woman who was fighting with her sister. But there are other big questions too about how you feel about ultimate care and what Judaism can add to that conversation. We are not in a hospital room tonight. Tonight, I am not sitting at your bedside. So, tonight you are physically surrounded by your Beth Torah community. You are physically able to be in this sanctuary here, present with all of us tonight.
So I'll say that these forms don't need to be perfectly completed today, but I take it as my main responsibility tonight to raise this issue and to encourage you to take the next step on the path to setting down on paper some of these important decisions. If you have never seen the paperwork, take a copy home with you tonight. If you happen to have the paperwork at home, I'd encourage you to take it out tonight, read through it. If you've already read through it, start to mark down your thoughts. And if you know what you want, make plans to have your documents witnessed and or notarized, because in the state of Missouri, they all need to be notarized. Just take one more step tonight on the road and know that your rabbis are here to discuss it with you and support you as you take one more step closer. But lest you think that this paperwork is only that, more paperwork to complete, I want each of you to know that there is a place to talk about these questions here. Not only because we are a caring community, not only because there are spiritual needs and questions raised by these forms, but because grappling with questions of trust and our own mortality is holy work. There are many paths to God in this life. The path of joy, the path of justice, the path of ritual, the path of love, and even through the fear of death. Franz Rosenzweig begins his masterwork, The Star of Redemption, with the observation that it is from the fear of death that all cognition of God begins. Who knows? You may find that that is true for you. This, this is a holy path. Let us walk it together. You'll find the forms on the table by the main doors on your way out of the building tonight. May Sarah's silence inspire you to be heard. May you respond to the Jewish call to organize your affairs as a part of your life before we begin to feel our mortality. And when we do find some suffering inside of this work of filling out our forms, may we also find God, the mystery of life, support from the Jewish tradition and a deeply caring community here at Beth Torah, ready to walk with us. We, we are the community we need for this holy work. Can you hear us own? May this be God's will. <laughs>